Well, good morning. So, welcome. I'm gonna speak today about friendships. We're all friends, you know. I worked in a preschool, and they're like, "We're all friends here," and I thought, "No, we're not." Kids know that when you lie to them. We could say we're all we we are kind to everybody. We can say that, but when when someone says, "Be nice to them," you're your they're your friend. We used to, and I used to work in preschool, and we'd say that. And you know what? They'd go back and hit that kid. You know why? They're like, you just lied to me. They're not my friend. So I don't have to be nice to them. They're not my friend, right? So I was thinking about that, about friendships sometimes, especially when we have social medias and things like that. Like everybody's your friend, even people that aren't your friend. You know, I do not have 500 friends in real life. Someone's like, I met you once or I saw you. So now we're friends. Okay, so I, I was thinking about this, and you guys remember that song? It's a country song. It says, I got friends in low places. I'm not even going to say the rest because it's like, you know. But I thought about that, and I thought, you know, yeah, you got the friends that, you know, they're going to get in a fight with you, but when you get knocked down, they're going to steal your wallet out of your back pocket. That's what that song's about. Like, I got friends in low places, and I thought, those aren't friends. Those are people who want to keep you down where you are. Oh, I feel terrible. That's why I'm sitting here at 1 o'clock in the morning, you know, drinking, uh, you know, talking about that song, doing that. And I want you to be there, too. Those are not your friends. If you have friends like that, I'm, I'm going to give you this really great piece of wisdom. Those people are not your friends. So when I started thinking about it, I thought, no, you're right, Lord. I, I do. I have friends in low places, but not their low places in my low places. And I started thinking about that, and I thought, you know, where is in my lowest times, who is with me? Because when things are good, everyone wants to be with you. If the money is a flowing, they're like, hey, I want to be your friend, right? You know, I, I remember Lana, beautiful, she's my daughter. When she was a baby, she didn't like people, like she was scared, okay? But I said, she likes cookies, and you could be like the scariest person, but you pull out a cookie, she will go to you. And and they're like, no way, because, like, she was terrified of this, this one person. And, I mean, like, she would crawl up me and, like, scratch my face to get away from this person. Like, I'm terrified. And they're like, oh, gosh, your child's really scared of me. And this is probably, she's probably, like, around one. And I said, go buy a cookie. Let's see this experiment. He goes, you want a cookie? He, she, she jumped into his arms. I was like, oh, my gosh. So luckily I have my oldest daughter who she is scared of. She was like nervous of everybody. So I'm like, as long as, you know, when Lana was little, she actually then became like, liked everyone. And, and it was just, it was funny. But when she was first little and I thought, you know, you can make friends if you have cookies. But I was thinking about who's there in those lowest times. Who's willing to walk through the deserts in the valleys with you? It's not always so fun. So I started thinking about valleys. You know, we think that when we're, look, we're on the mountaintop, valleys are beautiful. You can see everything. It's green. It's beautiful. When you're in the valley, you can't see very much. And so I started thinking about dunes. I lived out by Silver Lake Sand Dunes, and my mom would, would take us out there. And my mom had health issues, but you know what I thought about? She wanted us to have a good time, and she climbed up these dunes. Have you guys been to Silver Lake? It is hard, and it is hot. And so we climb all the way up this dune. You know, me not realizing, like, this is really, really difficult. But we wanted to go up there. We wanted to go up there. We get up there, and my mom, you know, this is, like, early May because it's too cold for the water yet. So we're so then we go. I'm like, let's go down. Let's run down. 
you know, when you go down, what happens? You got to come back. So we ran down into this middle part. And then we're down there, you know, I, I'm not even thinking. I'm like, let's d- build this dig hole, b- big, th- dig this big hole. <laughs> What's going on there, Sarah? And um, I thought my mom sat there and she dug this hole that I could get into. So I'm like eight or ten, you know, I'm a little kid. And she did this for me. And I'm thinking, when I was thinking about that mountain and valley, I'm like, my mom went to the hard places with me. She didn't sit in the car and be like, oh, go run up that. Come down, I'll watch you. I got my phone. I'm, pi- I'm taking a picture of you. She went with me. She took all of her strength. You know, and I look back and I think, man, that probably was extremely hard for her to do that. But we wanted to go do that. We wanted to play. So my mom, you know, sacrificed some things breathing. Um, (laughs) When it says a mom will give you her last breath, a mom will give you her last breath. I don't know how she got up there because sometimes even now I go up there with my kids. I'm like, let's walk on the ridge. They're like, I'm like, let's look how pretty it is down there. (laughs) We'd go on and and, I don't know, this has came to standards. We, we, at Hesperia, they do a trip there and it was funny because I ran every dune with my kid when we went. They wanted to go up and down. I did it. And then, you know, I'd be like, yeah, it's so much fun. And then I'd be like, <laughs> you know, and they're going up and down, up and down. And, and the majority of the parents were at the stairs, and they're just standing there watching their kids. And I'm looking at them like, they don't know how lucky they are. But then I thought, I'm thinking, I'm with my kids. My kids are going to remember that I ran up and down here with them, that, you know, I was on the ground trying to dig full for fulgurites and and I was doing that and I was rolling down the sand hills getting sand in there my kids are going to remember that they're going to remember me being there because I went with them you know into that and so I thought you know this is just a momentary discomfort for me to go with them so when I started thinking about friends like that who is really willing to go through those valleys with you you know helping you carry that heavy burden you know they're not just watching you and saying oh man it's got to be hard down there they went with you. They helped you carry that burden. You know, they grieved with you. You know, they came alongside you during those, those hard moments. And I started thinking about that. You know, it's not just you who went through it. These people that went through it with you. They didn't even have to. You know, I could have stayed at that top and been like, so cute. Love you guys. Wave from you from the top. I ain't going down there. You know, and those hills are big. And I looked at that and I thought, you know, I want to be, I don't just want to have friends like that. I want to be a friend like that. I want to go with that. So I was thinking about real friends. Real friends, not just people who are nice to us. You know, anybody for a season can put on a smile. Oh, you're just so kind. Oh, I just love it. You know, everyone for a season, we can put on that, that niceness smile. You know, it's not just people who like what you like. Oh, they like this, so they're my friends, you know. We, this is my best friend. He's pretty good looking. Um, we have nothing in common. There is nothing we'd like together. Like, like my kids are like, how are you guys married for 20 years? Like, this is weird. And I'm like, well, we have the most important thing in common, which is Jesus. Which is Jesus. And I think God's like, I want to see what happens. You guys are the oil and water, and we're going to see what goes on. (laughs) No, but like, it's not just, you don't just have friends because, oh, we get along. We like the same things. We like to do the same things. We like to go, you know, same places. Um, You don't want, and we don't want the friends that are only there for the party time. Like, oh, this is fun. This is exciting. Things are good. You know, 
it's happy, especially if there's some people that, you know, they're not really great at walking through grief with other people, and they're like, come up here, Matt. Here. Yeah, I just decided this right now. Stand away from me. Gotta go. Okay. So you have, you have the people. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, you have the people, like, you're, like, grieving, and they're like, nice. Hey. My husband can sometimes be like that, and he'd be like, go talk to this person. I'm like, okay. But, you know, but we want to be the friends that they're, they're crying on you and they're holding on you and, and they're snotting on you. And it's okay. If you don't got snot on your shirt, when you leave, you might not be that kind of friend. You can sit down. Yeah. But, you know, there's those people that are like, it's good for a distance. Oh, we're friends. You know, if my friend don't have snot on their shirt, they're not my friend. They're my acquaintance. Because some of us are ugly criers. What can I say? <laughs> I run ugly. I cry ugly. What's going on? Oh, I don't know where I was now. All I'm seeing is myself running. It's terrifying. Um, but I do know that that's biblical because the Lord says, uh, what is it in Proverbs? Only the wicked run when, when no one's chasing them or something like that. And I thought, oh, that's good. Nothing against Sierra. That, that's a gifting. Okay. Their daughter runs for a living. She's really amazing. So, yeah, she runs towards God. There you go. But I always, I always tell people when they're like, do you run? I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> I did one time. I said, Lord, I'm going to do a 5K. I did it. I got third place. I got a medal. I said, that's enough. That's enough for life. I will walk anywhere. I said, they didn't run around the city seven times. They marched. I will march. I will walk. But he didn't say run around the city. So, no, if you're a runner, great. I'm glad you have that gifting. Some of us were not as blessed with that. So use what you have. But real friends, they will walk through those valleys and deserts with you. I love what it says in Proverbs 20. It says, he who walks as a companion with wise men will be wise. But the companions of a conceited, dull-witted fool are fools themselves and will experience harm. It says, you need to walk with people who are wise. He's saying your friends that you, that you choose to have in your life, need, make sure that they're wise. Because if they're not and they're foolish, guess what you're going to be? Foolish. I mean, God said, that's what God said. He gave it right there. If, if we think it's great hanging out with people who are doing dumb things, and we're like, well, at least I'm not like that. Well, he says you're going to be. I mean, I heard someone say, you've probably heard this saying, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And that really is true. You know, bad company corrupts good morals. You know, you become what surrounds you. So we need to really think what is really surrounding us. We don't want our friendship to be like, well, I'm up here and all my friends are here. So I feel better about myself because eventually where are you going to be? And so I thought about, we need to really think about who are our friends and how we approach that connection, that, that, that friendship piece. And sometimes I have seen this being in ministry for 20 years now. Um, I've seen this so many times. People will do anything for their family, their blood, right? It doesn't matter if they abuse them, if they harm them, if, if they're hurting them. And I thought, man, people think, listen, my, they're my friends. They're, my closest, they're closest to me. That is great if they're not harming you. 
right? So, but really, I look at Jonathan and David in the Bible. They were friends. They had a friendship, right? They were not related. And I mean, and that had to be a pretty amazing friendship. Jonathan had to hear from the Lord because really Jonathan was next in line. If you looked at what it, in the Bible, Saul was his dad. He was the king. What happens when your dad's the king and he dies? What happens? You become king. But Jonathan said, oh, no, you know what? God said you're going to become King David. He, he basically, he should have been king, really, by, by the world standards and what God even allowed. They cho- God said, all right, you choose a king. You want a king? That's you had. But Jonathan said, you know, our friendship, God put us together. And he laid down what was in the natural. He laid down what he wanted. He said, what does God want? And he stood with David over his own kin. He stood against his father. And I'm not, please do not, I'm not, I'm getting somewhere with this, I promise. Like, I don't, do not start warring your families. But what I'm saying is, he had to hear from the Lord first. Over his family, over anyone else that came in his life, he said, God first. You first, God, no matter what the outcome, you first. And we know that King David became king. Well, David became king, became King David. And, um, you know, Jesus' lineage came through him. What would have happened if Jonathan would have said, you know, would have been, well, you know, David, I'm rightfully, you know, in line for this, and I'm not going to, I'm going to go with my dad, and we're going to, we're going to come against you and your mighty men. What would have happened? Well, David still would have won, but God also allowed it at times. If that, you know, God said, don't appoint a king. And the people did, and God's like, okay, well, this would. David still would have won, but it would have been a different outcome because we wouldn't have seen how God intended friendship there, right? So God talks about companionship. He talks about wise and wisdom and walk with the wise. Jonathan was wise. He's like, this is the losing side. This is the winning side. He said, I stand with God, and David, you happen to be over here. So, um, you know, so, but I look at sometimes we, we begin to put that time and things with, with our family, and I said, that's great, but our bond is kingdom first. We have to realize our bond is kingdom first. And thank the Lord and be happy and blessed if your family is also in the kingdom. Do you understand that? So it's great. God's not saying separate from our families. And I'm not saying, you know, be against your families. I'm saying how it should be kingdom things first in our life. And count yourself very blessed if the rest of your family is also in that kingdom. And if they're not, that means that we have an opportunity to spread the gospel, right? So some of us, I look and I'm thinking, you know, I've been where... My family, my blood family has been separated from me at times because I stand for the things of God. And I've had to choose things over. I've been shunned out at times or mistreated because I said, I'm going to stand with the things of God. But then how much better that my best friends now are my children and my husband. That is my family. How good if you can have both. But we got to look and say, when I'm choosing my friends, I can't just choose them because, well, it's, it's, you know, my blood or, you know, I was raised my whole life and it's my siblings. We don't choose it because of that. We choose it because of kingdom, because 
we're going to need them to walk through those low parts and they're going to need us. It's just so much better if it can be your family. Do you see what I'm saying in there? So I'm not saying go start wars with your family. Do not do that. (laughs) Do not do that. So friendship is really actually a pretty rare and precious gift. It's not... We assume we have friends. I remember going through, um, you know, just as my girls were growing up, I had people come up to me and be like, oh, you're like my best friend. I'm like, you've talked to me once this year. But they really felt like, I'm thinking, you need to get some friends. But they didn't know kingdom. They didn't know that. And so anyone that was nice to them even once was their friend. And I thought, my friends, you know, some they tell me things I don't want to hear. If you're telling me stuff I want to hear, I probably think like you say, get away from me. Tell me the stuff I don't want to hear because I know that you actually love me and you don't want me to end up in a terrible situation, right? That's exactly so. <laughs> Friendship, so fun. <laughs> um, so when, when we're doing this, when it's, this gift is rare, but it's going to cost time and energy. We're not going to make friends just by clicking, you know, accept on Facebook, We're not going to have friends by, um, you know, like I always say, you can't just come to church, you know, once a month and then be like, well, no one, I don't know anybody. Yes, because you know what? It takes time and effort. If you sit there in the corner and you're like, why isn't anyone talking to me? Well, probably because you got an angry face on and they're scared. You know what I mean? There are certain people in this room, I will not name any of them. But they have faces that I'm like, could you please tell your face that you're not an axe murderer? Because the rest of us don't know that. Scary. Like, this thing goes like this, up. If you're trying to lose weight, do you know it takes more muscles to smile than frown? So, like, get it up there. Get it up there. No, But, you know, sometimes we have to look and say, friendship costs time and energy. We can't just stand there and be like, why don't I have any friends? Well, you don't talk to anybody. How are people even to know that? You know what I mean? They even know you exist. Or that you want friends. Because if you're, if you're standing there like this, you're telling everybody, get away. I don't want it. I'm on my own. Nobody, you know what? I'm a rebel. None of us are real rebels. Because you know why? You know why we're not rebels? Because we gave our life over to Jesus and we submit to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's real good. That's real good. So in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, it says, As one piece of iron sharpens another, so friends keep each other sharp. You guys have heard that before. You know what? we got to make sure we're spending time with people who are keeping us sharp, who are building us up. We be- Because what happens, you become more like the people that you spend time with. You know, as you go along, you be- you're going to become like the group of people that you spend time with. Like it or not, you're going to start doing things probably more the the same type of things, having the same type of schedule, the attitudes, convictions, interests, values. We begin to adopt them and they begin to become our own, right? We begin to be more like our friends. So if you don't like how how your people that you're spending most of your time with are living, guess what? You might want to say something or do something because it says iron sharpens iron. It says bad company corrupts good morals. So what's the opposite of that? Good company would create good morals. So if, you, if you're saying, I want my life to go this direction, make sure that 
you are building relationships that are kingdom that are going in that direction. How many of you guys are heading towards kingdom? You want kingdom things. That's where you want to be. Then that means the, not your acquaintances, not the people that you're ministering to, not your coworkers or things like that. I'm talking about your friends that you allow into that inner circle of your life should be kingdom. Then you can bind together and go get the people that are not in the kingdom yet, get them in there and bring them with you. Right? So we're two or more together. Who's there? God is. I think we, we don't realize that our friendships, the people we spend time with, shape our lives more than we know. Um, well, even in your household, if, you know, we all, we are very similar. Well, me and the girls are very similar, and Matt has to just live with us. No. You know, I'm just joking. But we, we spend a lot of time together. We have a lot of this, we have all a lot of the same values, morals, like we're like on that, right? You know what I mean? He doesn't come one day and be like, you know, I think we should um, serve other gods. Like, that would not fly, <laughs> right? I don't say that to him. We have the same morals. You know what? If he sees me sinning, he's not like, oh, it's okay. You know, Jesus says love. He's like, oh, you're going to stop that right now. I will cast that out of you. <laughs> Just joking. Don't be going casting demons on everyone because things you don't like. It's a joke. Funny. Ha ha. So, so we need to look we need to look for people who are not just tickling our ears. I mean, your friends probably say nice things to you too. I hope they don't just say bad things. That's also not a friend. But don't look for people who just oh, they just say all the nice things to me all the time. That's that's good. They should say nice things to you. But not just people who agree with you. I like debating. So to the truth, most of my friends they're probably thinking, I don't know, like she sa- if I say blue, she says red. Yeah, because that's just, I want to see. Like, do we actually have a core past just liking the same things? You know what I mean? Where can our values and our convictions, that's where we want to get to. Like, just liking the same things. So just agreeing, just being there for all the good times. We don't want people that are just there for that. We want our friends to be there for those things, but not just for that. We have to look for those that have that wisdom to walk the deserts and valleys with us. You need to have that wisdom like, okay, I'm going to go with you. That is loyalty. In Proverbs 17, 17, notice a lot of this is in Proverbs because Proverbs is all about wisdom. He says if you find good friends, you know, you're going to become more wise because they're wise. You partner that wise. It all comes in under the blanket of, you know, God. He's got all of it. All wisdom comes from him. We got this. So um, most of things about friends and about wisdom are going to be in Proverbs. It says, Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves you at all times, but a brother was born to help in times of trouble. So it says, a friend loves at all times, not just good times, the best, worst times, thick times, thin times. So I begin to think about that, that don't just, so as you're sitting here today, think about, do you have friends like that? Don't stand up and start being like, yeah, right here, right here. Not you. No, I'm Stop. Definitely don't do that. But, but even better yet, because some of you guys, as we said, that you have friends that you're like, oh, these are my really good friends. I know they're there. But also, I would say take it in and say, am I a friend like that? Am I someone who sticks through the good, the bad, you know what I mean, that is there in plenty and in lack? Am I that person? Because we can't change that until we change here, what is in us. Because 
we can't change how what other people are doing, what they're thinking. We can't change their value systems. We can't change any of that. We can change our walk, who we are, and then that begins to, you know, project out and people see that. But we can't change other people. You know, that is their, even Jesus can't change other people. Did you guys know that? He gave you the choice. He said, I will change you if you want. I will, I will, you know, make your old man and you'll be a new man. But he doesn't make us. He gave us the choice. So we still, it's still us that have to make that. So I think we need to think more of, am I a friend like this? Real friends, they help you spot those blind spots. We all have them. You know, that's why you get married, right? Because they find all of them in the first year. Because at first they thought you didn't have any. Because they're just looking at you, you still look like the Coke bottle, not the two liter yet. You know, and uh, they're like, you're just so perfect. You're so sweet. Oh, you never do anything wrong. Then they get in there. They got like these like amazing goggles that just all of a sudden show you every blind spot, every flaw, everything. And and you're thinking, why do you have to chew cereal so loud? I'm never buying cereal. Like, I have a serious issue with cereal. I hate when people eat cereal on me. Like I have this internal dialogue. Should I hit the bowl out of their hand? Throw the cereal? Like I literally, I don't know what it is. I don't even li- I don't even barely eat cereal because I can't stand it. But I found out when we got married, something happens in his mouth when he eats cereal. And I thought, does he know this? Because if not, I need to probably yell at him and say, don't eat cereal around me. Out of the room. How many of you guys have been in my house and heard me make Matt get out of the room when he's eating cereal? You guys didn't even raise your hand. You know that's true. Um, <laughs> you're like, you're, like, if you come over me by eating cereal, I didn't know that. And I, I had to help him out with that blind spot. <laughs> So most of the time now, I'm just like, and he knows, like, I got my cereal. I got to get away. You know, I don't have to say nothing. I'll be like, your blind spot is show. I'm showing it to you right now. So we, we learn these things. And that's why I'm like, Lord, you know, you said he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Good thing he did. I can show all these. <laughs> oh, but you know what? It always goes tit for tat because he gets to help me too. Um, but we'll talk about my stuff later. <laughs> But they, a real friend, because that, that's just something. But they say, hey, do you know that maybe, you know, this, you're doing this and this hurts me. Or this, this, I notice that this is going, they want, because they say this is something that could actually, um, I don't even, I'm trying to think of something. So, so let's say that um, you don't notice that uh, you constantly, um, you know, are, are always, like, speaking the negative, like, oh, this, it's going to rain today, or it's, oh, this or that. And they might say, hey, I didn't know, I didn't know, if, you know, we have that conversation. We have those values saying, hey, you know what, I noticed that you've just been really down, and you've been, you've been speaking that, and I know that you know the truth of, like, death and life are in the power of tongue, and what, tongue and what you speak, you're going to get. And, you know, maybe you're able to speak into their life and say, I just noticed that you're speaking all this negative stuff, and that's not who you are. That's not like you. And they might say, yeah, I didn't even notice that. I've had seasons like that where I've just been like negative Nancy here. Just just anything is bad. Oh, you know. And the great thing about going through seasons like that is the Lord sent me this man. And I will start complaining. He's like, you know better than that. 
You know that ain't true. You don't speak like that. I mean, we can do that because we have a really good friendship. And I can be mad at him, you know, and then after I get over and God's like, are you done crying? Because he was right because I told him you're fine. You know, maybe you should change that. And then I do, and then our life, my life gets better. And, and I can grow. Because if you don't know that there is something holding you back or, or, or something that is causing destruction, if you don't know it's there, guess what? It's going to get bigger. You know, you think about, like, if you come out of the bathroom with toilet paper on your, your heel and nobody tells you, the further you go, the more embarrassed you're going to be when you realize if you, like, went through the whole restaurant and then you went outside and you went shopping, you know, the longer you go with that, the more embarrassed you're going to feel when you look down and see that, right? But I always, I always remember when I was um, younger, this woman had tucked her shirt in the back of her skirt. And I was coming out of the bathroom. When I was a little kid, so, like, I did not do the right thing. Because I was like, oh, no, what do you do? And then, but I saw this other lady grab her and pull her skirt out before she walked back out of the restaurant. And I thought, I want to be that lady. I want to be the skirt puller. <laughs> I don't know what is happening today, but I'm just joyful. I'm just joyful. Um, but I thought about that. That's what we need to be like. Oh, you know, I don't want to hurt her feelings. Just, I don't want to go up there and say, hey, you didn't know how to pull your pants up over your, you know. No, like, I'm pretty sure she'd be like, you know, you touch her first. Like, why are you touching me? <laughs> you know, that's how it feels when someone first brings your plot. What? You know, oh, do you know that that's tucked in? Oh, my gosh. Now I realize this. Thank you for, thank you for helping me. But sometimes when we get in those friendships like that, someone kind of, touches us and says hey and you're like stop but then when you realize what they're bringing to you you're like oh my gosh you love me enough you love me enough to tell me the truth and not let me walk you know with my booty hanging out through the whole restaurant (laughs) have people that love you enough that they they help you with those blind spots those weaknesses those flaws the things we don't want to hear but need to hear right and not everybody should say that. You don't, you don't just walk up to random people and be like, I know that's about you and you got to change it. That's not going to work very well for you. You might get, you know, you might get to take a little nap there. On the, but it's got to be people that's, <laughs> if you come up and say something like that to me and you don't know me, I'll be like, you don't know me. And now you're going to come against this because now I'm mad at you. And you know what? I'm way scarier than most people mad. I am like 95% German and we are angry people. <laughs> Don't make me mad. So it's just crazy how, like, we're tough, we're farmers, you know, I've been, and I'm like, don't get me mad. So you want to make sure it's someone that loves you and can, I love this man because he's the calmest person, and I am not calm at all, as you see. And so God just really helped him. Like, I did not like people um, hugging me. I'm, I used to not be, like, an affectionate person. And we used to go to this church. Mm. And they always like, they're like, oh, let's all greet each other with a hug. What kind of craziness is this? People all start getting up, hugging people they don't know. And I had, you know, Matt, and, if, and I'm standing there, and I'm like, I see people start coming towards me. My friend, praise the Lord for her. Matt looks at her, and she's close to me, and she goes running for me like, Oh, no, I got to get to her before these people. Because this guy was coming. I don't know you. He coming from the other direction. She's like, Sarah's going to punch him. 
I know she is. And there was a table in front of me, and she gave me a hug because she, she taught me how to let. She forced me. Um, her and Matt forced me how to learn to accept love, so thankful for them. But um, she got there, and she's like, I saw you fidgeting what you were going to do. I said, I don't know. I just thought I'm going to punch him in the chest, jump over the table, and run away. <laughs> this is at church, my you. <laughs> you notice we don't have a meet and greet here. <laughs> a little trauma from that. Um, <laughs> Oh, I, what was it? But basically, they need you need people that will help you grow. And you know what they did? Matt and and my friend's name was Jody. They helped me. They would always come up and hug me. They, you know, even to even now, Matt, he's still trying to break me of this. I don't like people touching my head or face, so he constantly does that. Uh, I don't know if this is. But I'm saying is they help they helped me. It was it wasn't about the hugging. It was about the intimacy that God had to break off. And they said this is a blind spot that you have that is not healthy. And now I am like, probably, if you remember me, I'm like the hugger touch, I, you know, because the, that was not the real me. That was not who God created me to be. God created me to be loving and kind and generous towards people and, and, and to give affection and receive affection. That's who God created me to be. So I needed those people. Those are my true friends that were like, I don't care if you're coming and swinging. I'm still coming. I'm still coming. I mean... Matt saw me flip a table one time. I mean, I guess, y'all, I had a major affection issues. But God sent friends, not just people, to come in. I had another friend. I used to be scarified, terrified, scarified, of chickens and birds in general. If you don't understand, birds were after me. They came for me. They saw me coming. They're like, get her. She doesn't like us. And they would gang together. I'm not joking. I'm a little kid. I don't live on a farm, but I'm going to a farm. Like I said, all my family is like farmer. And they're like, let's go run in the hayloft. Yay, that's fun. I have older brothers. You know what they do with haylofts? They make forts in there. It's really cool. But I got to go. I have to go from the house to the barn. Do you know what people put between the house and the barn? They put the chicken coop. Chicken coop. I start going. These chickens just all start coming after me. And they're like, just stop running. They're running because you're running. And I'm screaming. I'm crying. I get to the barn. So it's fine. I'm going to come out there. And we're playing. Then I got to come back. And I thought, oh. And out steps turkey. <laughs> Kids all leave me out there. I'm screaming. Nobody can hear me. I got to run. This turkey come after me. It's chasing me all the way to the house. Oh, that, that this is the same house. This ain't the end get up to the house they decided you know we have these beautiful birds that are called peacocks those are not nice i got pecked by a peacock mm, coming after me His tail's all big i'm like i oh oh calm down sarah not even that i said they come for me i i don't like birds my friends they have a love bird i'm this time i'm older i'm a teenager she's like just pet it this love bird's so nice it bit me bit me and I said, I don't like birds. I'm driving down the car as an adult. I thought, it's a nice spring day. I'm putting my hand out the window. Bird comes run right into my hand. Every time I go anywhere, chickens, they're after me. So my friend, she see, I said, no, I, she see me. I, she'd have chickens out. I'm running away. She's like, you know what? You really need to get over this because you have to go into places. And some people have birds. Some people like birds. You know what? God created birds, and they're good. They are tasty. I do. I liked that part of. The bird. 
And so my friend here, Mel, she said, get over here. You go come in my chicken coop. I'm, going, <gasps> I'm like in tears. And, and she goes in there. And the chicken, she's like, see, they're scared of you. They're running away. And I'm like, huh. She picks ones up. You know what you know what you do when you pick a chicken up by their feet? What happens? <laughs> and she's like bringing it near me. I'm screaming. She's like, it's not hurting you. Then she takes a chicken, grabs it by the beak, starts rubbing it on her face. See, he's not hurting me. He's not hurting me, this poor chicken. And she's like, you're going to touch it. And I'm like, oh. She's like, is it hurting me? She's like, this is not that big of a deal. <laughs> so finally... She picks the prettiest one with the fluffy feet, and she's like, just touch it. I'm like, yeah, it is kind of soft. So then I got to her. I would pick up a chicken. And then my kids, of course, we go to, like, this petting farm thing, and I think it was Lana. She's like, pick this chicken up for me so I can pet it. And I'm like, okay, I've been through this. So I go over there, and I pick this little chick up. And, and then, so, of course, I'm like, okay, so I'm almost, like, just for my child. I love my child. It was at the zoo. That's what it was. And... And I'm holding it, and I think I only got like three seconds, right? Because then my child's done. Every child in the freaking zoo had to come pet that chicken while I was holding it. And the person that was in charge of the petting thing, she's like, oh, you must be a farmer. <laughs> and I thought, oh, no, me and Jesus and my friend brought me through. But then I actually did a lesson, and now I can be around birds, you know, and now when I see, you know, if I go somewhere and they start coming at me, I'm like, you get away from me. I come, I come, a, a rooster thinks it's coming. So that is what we do. That's what friends do for us. How many of people are going to go in there with a chicken and, you know, and, and go through that? Because our friends help us with the blind spots. They give us those gentle nudges with the chicken beak. I don't know. And I'm not scared of birds anymore. They say, you know, they help you with those blind spots, those flaws. They say, here they are. But they don't just do that. They don't just, a friend doesn't walk up to you and say, you have a problem with this. They say, hey, you have a problem with this, and here's some solutions. And not only that, here's my hand, because I'm going to walk you through it. How would it have been if she said, oh, just quit being a baby and quit being scared of birds? Would that have worked? No, it would not have worked. I still would be running. I'd be in the barn where everyone else in the house just crying and screaming. And you know what? Y'all don't understand what it's like. If you have brothers, you understand. But I had four older brothers, and they that was their goal to be like, this is hilarious. Um, yeah, so you think like that. It's like I needed someone to get me through that, to see that reality, to say this is a blind spot. You don't need to be scared of, of these animals. I mean, it's not like if you would have came with like, you know, a bald eagle, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, nah, nah, that's too much, too much, too much. Um, but no, they're, that irrational fear, we need to get through that. They don't just say, here's what's going on, and I love you. They say, here's what's going on, there is a solution, you don't have to live there, and I'm going to walk with you. That's what real friends do. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6, it says, open criticism is better than hidden love. You can trust what a friend says even when it hurts. It's real good. But your enemies want to hurt you even when they act nice. Oh, come on. Right there. You can trust your friend even when it hurts. But someone who's an enemy already wants bad for you. So what they're doing is they're going to say, they could say nice things to you, but they want it to end badly. So faithful are the words of a friend. Someone who loves you will stop you from 
jumping off a cliff or pull you up when you're, when you're drowning. That's, you don't just say, well, they want to jump off that cliff. No. If you love someone, you're going to stop them. You don't care what they want. Same with your kids. You don't be like, oh, but they want to play in the road. They just like it so much. No, you're going to be like, you come in with me. And what's the thing that, that grandma said, that grandma said in the story that they, the kid wasn't listening and she's just like, I'm going to warm your biscuits right here. <laughs> no, that, that's what we're going to say to our kids. Like, you get out of the road or we're going to warm your biscuits right here. Uh, where she was working, she said she heard a grandma, Lana was at um, Heritage working, and she said this kid was uh, not listening. The grandma leans down and said, I'll warm your biscuits right here. <laughs> For all you parents, thank you. There's your new uh, thing. Everyone will think you're being all sweet. <laughs> I'm going to warm your biscuits. <sighs> so, but no, we, we're not going to let them do that because we love them. And that's what it says friends will do. You know, faithful are the words of the friend. It may, it may hurt for a moment, but it's going to lead to growth and blessing. Your acquaintances may rejoice with you on the mountaintops and bask in the overflow of the land of milk and honey. It is good when everything's going good. Those people like to come around, but your friends will walk in the valley and they will carry the heavy load with you. That's what we need. We need that and we need to be that. They will walk through the dry patches with you when you have nothing to offer them or even benefit them. You know, I want my friends in my low places. I do not want my acquaintances or my enemies to be in my low places with me. I need true friends. I need those Jonathan friends who are like, I'm laying down everything else and I'm walking with you. I want my friends there, but better yet, I want to be able to walk there with other people. So I think even today if we take that and say, how many people do I, am I actually willing to walk there with and they walk with me? Because we can get along, but how many people are we saying, you know, when they say, they can come to you and say, hey, pray, please pray this for me. And you do it. And you check up on them. And you see what's going on. And they say, you know, hey, I have this need. And you say, I have abundance in that. Let me, let me offer it to you. Whatever it is, we begin to walk in those places. Because that's when you get the testimonies, what God has done. Because God uses us, you know, to walk out on earth what he already has in heaven. He's like, I want, he's like, I don't want to just, just be me and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. He said, I want, he's like, I created mankind so you could experience it with me. So that's what he, he made us for. So that's good. So be the friend in the low place and also go with friends to those low places. Because you're going to get the mountaintops too sometimes. But I'll tell you, growth happens. And we see God move so much in those low places, don't we? Because God has somewhere to go. I always say, when you're down, there's so much more is forgiven. Like, I, I look at that, and it's like, if I have a lot to be forgiven, I feel a lot more thankful. If I lose a penny, I'm sad. If I lose $1,000, I'm really sad. The same goes the same way. If I find a penny, I love picking them up off the ground. I do. I'm like, I got a penny. It's great. But if I got $1,000, I'd be like, I'd probably be like rejoicing. I'd be really excited. So the same thing goes with that. Like when we're in those lows, we can go really high. So let's pray.